This is the Happy Work Podcast, where we discuss all the things we can do to make our work and with it our life better. Well, I haven't been on the show in quite some time, so I'm happy to be on because I want to talk about emotions. Not just because I'm a girl, that I'm like all emotional, but I think emotions get a bad rap. And I used to say things like, check your emotions at the door before you come to work. Mm. And I realized just how wrong that is because every single day we are we are seeped in emotions. We go to work with emotions. We tell ourselves that it's bad to hold emotions in because then you're going to explode. So why wouldn't I just be myself wherever I am all the time and feel what I feel? So you're, you're saying that why wouldn't you just always... Like share your emotions, show your emotions, make no. your emotions part of the room? No, I did tell you something today that I said we confuse emotions with drama. Yeah, right. And drama comes from trauma. So I do agree that you can leave your drama at home. Yeah. But I don't think we need to confuse the two. I, I believe that we're all very capable of saying, hey, maybe somebody passed or or somebody's sick, or you're just having a bad day, we're capable of going to work and not needing to pass that drama on to our customer, to our colleague, because it's not fair to them. But but don't you think it's a little unfair to look at emotions in this kind of suspended, isolated state? You know, yes, we, we, that's we often, the problem. We, we say like, oh, here, let's talk about emotions, like we do now, right? Mm-hmm. But we know from scientific studies and from social studies that emotions don't just exist on their own they're part of a complex system in us and you mentioned trauma so emotions are the way we experience our inner lives and whatever our mind is wired for and whatever's going on inside of us we will experience as emotions so i think Maybe the bottom line here, the thing that we kind of have to hone in on is what creates your emotions because I am a huge proponent of being open about your emotions. I don't believe in a an unemotional universe. I think that if we remove emotions from work, then we should be replaced by robots because we are in fact, robots. But B, it's also not possible because we're humans and humans mm-hmm. are emotional. We have emotions for a reason. Our work needs to be emotional because that's when we care. When we are emotional, invested in doing something, that's when, our, that's when we're bought in. That's when we are inspired. That's when we give it all because now we have an emotional stake. But I also understand, and I actually it just had across the street at, at a bar the other night, I had a conversation with a, with a neighbor who said, yeah, but you know, that thing that you just said, at work you kind of have to check your emotions at the door because you don't want to impose your emotions on someone else. If you are truly the owner of your emotions and you're aware of your emotions, you're aware of what creates your emotions. So if we had proper emotional hygiene, like what I'm trying to do every morning, like checking into my emotions to see what is there. 
Nobody does that. So now they bring shit from last week with them into their sleep. And then they wake up. Those emotions are still not processed. Now maybe it's Monday. Now they have to commute. Now, you know, the vending machine just swallowed their money. Or there's a bad phone call. Now everything is aggravated. But what, it, what, it, what I mean by this is like the emotions now start to own you. And you become those emotions that you don't own. And now, of course, drama. Mm -hmm. Because those emotions speak through you in an, in an unfiltered way. But I, I support the idea of like, if you check into your emotions and you're aware of your emotions, and you are actually the owner of the mind that creates the emotions, then you're able to hold on to the emotions that are yours and let go of the ones that are being triggered by trauma or from the outside so that they don't become part of the conversation. Right. Okay, so let's let's maybe put an example out so we can break it down because I really, you know, I love to just give practical examples. Let's say somebody is going through a divorce mm -hmm. and uh, they just had a terrible fight and they know that it's there's no coming back from it. And now... He has to go to work. Mm -hmm. And so he drives to work, still reeling, angry, all of the above, gets into the office. How would you suggest, if this was you, how do you, using emotional hygiene, how do you deconstruct all of that? I mean, I was, I was fortunate enough in some jobs that I had in the past, I was able to ask for what I would call an emotional leave. I would, I would be allowed to have emotional sick days in the sense of like you're going through a loss of a family member or, you know, you just had terribly bad news or there was something disruptive happening in your family. You have to set boundaries. And if you're not capable of setting those boundaries yourself because you're not self-employed, you don't have your business or you can't afford Because you work in the United States, right? So many jobs just exactly. won't let you do that. It's uh, not like in Suits where, Lu uh, what's his name? Lewis goes, I need a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you just can't do that sometimes. That that's not possible. Ideally, it we was. would be allowed to create an emotional safe space because... If exactly the world was that. full of happy workplaces, right? Absolutely. It would be a no-brainer. Absolutely, because you don't want people who are loaded with uh, traumatic emotions. Because I always say this, you cannot keep your traumatic emotions out of the equation. You hire a person that has traumatic resistance in them, that trauma becomes part of your culture. It will spread like a wildfire or like cancer. There's no, there's, we cannot lie to ourselves and say like, oh, I have an internal switch. I will just flip the switch and I'm not the di freshly divorced husband anymore. I'm now the happy customer service hotline representative that will make your day sweeter. It's bullshit. We're lying. We're lying. But of course, if we cannot create that, you know, if we're not given that safe space, we have to create that safe space. And the only way we can do that is with our minds. Here's what I mean. Two people are having the same divorce situation they go through. One person, and I have to kind of break, make, make it a little abstract and short here because it would just take too long. But one person operates on the premise of abundance. The, the breakup, the divorce, is a necessary process that will infuse them with future freedom. 
with the space to find new focus in life, something that became toxic or is not serving anymore is now being cut out of their lives. Okay, so they, yeah. I know you just said that you need to make it abstract, make it short, because that, it would take forever. But I just want to just pause and give light to that because you. I hope that listeners, you understand that he specifically said when you're coming from a point of abundance, this means that you saw a toxic situation and you were like, I got to get out. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you also, your partner also says, yeah, this is not good for us. So yeah. you just gave yourself, listen to prior episodes, you just gave yourself so much expansion power. Yeah. Like it's great. Like that's just like invigorating to hear. Exactly. Good. Yeah, exactly. And And you did that by nothing else but a choice. You chose yourself. Exactly. You give yourself the permission to expand. But then... On the other side of the wall, apartment B, same divorce situation happening, 15 years, two kids, divorce. But scarcity mindset. And the scarcity mindset, the one that looks at the world not just as glass half empty, but like the glass is empty and has a hole, for them it's the end of the world. It's a habit is broken, a support system falls away. It's the situation of loss. They have now a life of loss. And now, of course, when you are in that situation, when your mind is wired for loss and is met with the reality of divorce, the emotional reality from that is the one of total, absolute, instinctive fear. You are like an animal that's being chased by a troop of hounds and evil man on horses running for your life. And now you're supposed to go to work. And that is the difference. What... The difference between those two families, those two situations are just mental. Because one person decided, I will own my emotional reality by owning my mind. And the other person never even took care of their mental ownership and is therefore owned by their emotions. And when, you know, when someone is having a bad day, when you call a service hotline and someone is being really like snappy, it's not that they want to be snappy. It's that the emotions they have permitted to own them are talking through them to you unfiltered. Now, a person that owns their emotions can totally discern between the two. And they can say when they pick up the phone, I now choose not to be that person. I now choose not to be the heartbroken husband that's angry at his ex-wife. That choice can only happen if you own yourself. If you don't own yourself, you have no say. And let me just, I, I know how a lot of um, listeners are probably thinking, well, yeah, what if I found out that my spouse was cheating on me? You know, okay. But it's the same thing. If you are, if you have been in abundance and you have really thought, okay, my glass is overflowing. An infidelity comes from something Mm -hmm. and how you react to it also comes from trauma. It also comes from the conditioning. It also comes from, you have to rip yourself out and deprogram yourself of all the things you know about infidelity and say, glass overflowing. Okay, what happened here? Did I have a conversation? Did I miss something? Was I so self-absorbed that I didn't see that? It's not your fault, not by any means, but but, it gives an opportunity to talk. Yeah, and imagine 
with that with that example of infidelity i love that one by the way because infidelity and loyalty they have all to they have everything to do with this idea of conditional attachment and ego yeah it's so all, much ego so the only thing that creates the emotion at that moment is the ego that's you know the hurt ego and hurt people hurt people again as i said it's a switch you cannot flip on your own if you're if you feel hurt if you allow hurt to exist you will bring hurt into the world and if you're a business owner or you work somewhere you have a lot of power in hurting people you have a lot of power but if you're abundant minded so abundant minded means that you look at the world as perfect and you recognize every situation that comes your way as perfect because it is a teacher. It's a teacher that allows you to gain expansion through loss and gain. So the loss of a partner, the gain of a new job, the loss of a friendship, the gain of a new friendship, the gain of new love, all of these things you recognize when you're in abundance, you recognize as part of your backpack that is necessary for you to move forward on your wise story path. You, you need that in order to unlock your potential. But at the same time, when someone says that their, wor their world is perfect, so to use that example again, freshly divorced, my world is perfect. It means that they truly experience their life in an unconditional fashion. Unconditional means, in that case, I will be okay no matter what. It doesn't mean you're not going to hurt. No, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel the loss and you're not going to grieve the fact that something is over. No, it's important that we do. Yeah. It, I, but, it, but again, a person that lives in abundance will have a completely different emotional inner life than a person that lives in scarcity. The person that lives in scarcity is wired for fear. The fear emotions is always just outside your door waiting to enter your life. Why? Because fear is the expression of scarcity. But the abundant person, the emotion that is outside the door waiting to enter at any given moment, that is the one of love. It's the one of joy. If a person that's abundant-minded loses, for example, a parent, I'm not going to say they're going to jump and be joyful no, it's gonna hurt they will mourn they will they will you you will you will be in deep sadness the difference is just that you are conscious about it and you don't allow the sadness to become who you are mm -hmm. but you allow the sadness to roll over you roll over you. and actually i think this is a nice visual to have yeah when emotions come to you from the world not the ones that you create, the ones that come from the world because a parent dies, your pet dies, an accident happens. Your body, your brain, your mind has an instinctive reaction because there is an attachment that was severed. Mm -hmm. And it is important not to fight that, but it's also important not to allow this to become your reality. It's not allowed to define you because that's what we call trauma. When someone hits you or someone gets raped, it is exactly the same as when loss happens, the loss of your virginity, the loss of your integrity, the loss of your safety. 
The problem is just that we are so good at upkeeping that as a reality. We are now the raped person. We are now the victim. Versus, and I know that sounds terribly difficult, but we all have experienced hardship to say, this is something that happened. And this is something I cannot change. But I have to let it roll over me. And I have to own the situation so I can let it go so it does not define my present and my future. And if we had this kind of mental emotional hygiene, there would be 80-90% less trauma. And with 80-90% or less trauma, there would be 80-90% or less drama. And now we would be okay with being emotional about our work because it would be good. I I don't like that, that I go into a a business and I feel like people are holding back. I feel like people are damaged goods and they're so hurt and they're so desperate and confused and disappointed, but they have to shove it all away and sweep it under the rug. And you know that the shit is boiling and it's popping up at the worst possible moment and it's going to hurt someone Worse than me who gets bad customer service, it's going to, either they're going to hurt themselves, they're going to get sick, or they're going to hurt someone else. It's not necessary. Emotional hygiene and self-ownership is so important. And it just begins with checking in. Checking in every day. What do I feel? Where do these emotions come from? Do I want to have these emotions? Are they mine? Or are they some emotions that I have acquired that come from the outside that I want to let go, let roll over me? What's interesting is that once you start asking yourself those questions, the emotion lessens. It, it like the, uh, the effect it has on you mm-hmm. weakens. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have it or that you're trying to dismiss it. But you realize you start really, again, deconstructing it and and you look at it in a way that's like, hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you can, you can have a conversation with it. I have that with you. Sometimes there will be a situation where you just push a button. Yeah. You will push my button, I will get mad. Mm-hmm. How, how long do I stay mad? I mean, a long time, just kidding. <laughs> I just pushed the button right there. Just kidding. Uh, no, not very long. I mean, you'll dwell in it and then you're kind of over it. And it always surprises me how quickly you get no, over I, it. I don't dwell on it. Like, come on. No, I I immediately realize it's, I mean, I try. <laughs> I realize that, hey, no, I will not let this situation that's beyond my control. It happened. She spilled that thing or broke that thing or scratched that thing or hurt that thing or whatever. It happened. It's in the past. I said my piece. Why do I allow for emotions to reverberate within me and drag me down and cause this drama? I have to quickly check in and say like, no, I don't own this emotion. I will let it roll over me and I will regain ownership of my emotional reality. It's really also so refreshing that you share that and this is what we love to do is just share the realities like nobody's perfect and uh we just we give you the exercises and note that we use it ourselves because you have to this is the only way that you progress and and continue stepping into who you are